Welcome to special edition, our special week. Kindness United, honoring 9-11, restoring resilience, and kindness to us. This week is all about honoring those who sacrificed everything. But it's also to uplift. So why has never forgotten what happened? It's not forgotten what everybody did. But how we moved on from that by honoring those who sacrificed. But also how we use that strategy to turn around and create what we've got going today. We're going to start out with this show with a moment of reflection and a prayer. And to do that, I'd like to introduce the president of the Hope Collection, Satan. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Ron Clayton coming from Buffalo, New York. As the president of the Hope Collection, I have the privilege and the duty to help on this day when many of us were present in New York and that tragedy that occurred. And so I'd like all of us, as Mary has said, to reflect and have a prayer I'd like to share with you. I did not write it. Linda, my wife, found it, and it's a really a wonderful, wonderful prayer of healing and hope. And, and and I'll tell you about it after I read about it. But I'd like to read it, and I'd like to read it, but send it as a message as our prayer today. And let me start and say we pause to remember the great losses and the courageous acts of September 11, 2011. We lift up those who are still affected. Families, victims, police officers, firemen, first responders, all who are involved. We pray for the light of Christ to flood our hearts to people everywhere. We believe you desire to redeem your creation and trust that the beauty will continue to come from the ashes of those dark days. Surround us with your mighty angels of protection. Give us compassion for one another in all life circumstances, instill in us a courage and the answer to your call. We ask this in Jesus' name. Thank you so much today, and this will be a week of special remembrance and recognition. We're not trying to build anybody up as other than to be keeping, as Mary said, memory of the, what's occurred. And so, that, number one, they say, what if you don't remember what occurred? you're doomed to repeat it. And so what we want to do is make sure we're vigilant. And I thank everyone that's come on the call or coming on the call today and anyone who has contribution as the day goes by and you have opportunity to, we'll have open mic. Um, But in the meantime, I'm going to turn this back over to Mary. I thank every individual who's coming on this call today in your spirit. We are doing this in love and being Com, not com, I don't like that word, comrades. We're brothers and sisters, and I love the fact that we have a platform that we can do this with, and we're going to t- continue throughout the week. So um, you're welcome to come back at noon Eastern time on the Hope uh, Optimize Your Life radio show, 
and we thank you for it. Mary, appreciate what you're doing and organizing it. Take it away. Thank you. You know, the sad part is about this, and this is the one thing I'd like to talk about a lot, is that our schools don't teach it. We don't talk about it. It's like it doesn't, hasn't happened. And yes, it is hard for a lot of us to talk about where we were, what we did, what we saw. But if we don't teach our generation about it, then they're not going to understand all the things that are going on in the world and understand all the ramifications of what happened for the last 23 years without it. You know, it's kind of like, you know, right after it happened, when the soldiers left and come back, they were revered. And as time dwelled on, we stopped talking about it. They were called baby killer, among other things. It was like repeating Vietnam all over again. Because they didn't, the younger generations that grew up were sheltered from the event, never talked about and told about it. And so they don't know what caused A to B and why we were over there to begin with. And then it turned into a giant conspiracy theory and basically set it up to where the firemen, the police officers, the first responders, people left their jobs to join the military. Enrollment that day was the highest it's seen in years. People left their families to drive thousands of miles to be able to help at Ground Zero and help in any way they could from bringing clothes to food. And my goal this week and the goal of the radio, Optimize My Life Radio and the whole question is to bring back that kindness to understand that we need to go back to feeling like we can help each other and eliminate this cancel culture because we don't agree with something someone says, we're going to get rid of it. Two years ago, well, they're a bad person. We forget about all the good they did in the process. That needs to change and go back to the freedom of speech being able to take that one step and understand what the freedom of speech means and look at the culture of that time and why they said what they said or did what they did. And on Friday, we're ending the week with the Kindness Club, the Kindness Campaign, Two remarkable individuals, a gentleman who is a five-time World Peace Prize nominee, parade the Malamar Air Force or Naval Academy School, the flight, humanitarian award, to create the kindness campaign, all about doing acts of kindness and encouraging everybody to do one. Yep, bye. Thank you.
by doing one act of kindness every day. And the Kindness Club is a program created by seven-year-olds to do not only acts of kindness for themselves or for others, but to be kind to themselves and reminding themselves every day that taking that moment to take a rest or to self-reflect is crucial and being able to stop pulling and stop being mean to each other. So all week, all our shows are going to be talking about not only what you've been, where you're going, but also to talk about different organizations that were created due to this, due to this catastrophe. Designed to help others, uplift them, help them struggle out of the depths of despair that many first responders, fire departments, law enforcement deal with every day. And individuals who are very empathetic, they absorb the tension, the emotions around them and have a hard time coping with the fear-mongering, and the negativity around us. We're also going to launch a new show coming up at 5 p.m. on Thursday, Eastern Time. That's all about to bring awareness to trafficking, child abuse, an organization that's designed to give those that are victims and families a voice to find their lost, lost loved ones, but also for those to be able to speak out about what they went through to help bring an end to all the tragedies that are going on in this world. So one of the things I want want to talk about is an organization that I created myself with the help of others, and it's called One Flag, One Life, One Broken Resilience. And this organization is designed for military, current and former. It's designed for... It's designed for law enforcement, first response. It is a program fine-tuned for each individual that is struggling with post-war syndrome and other mental health issues from what they've seen on their job, what they've dealt with. But it's not also just for the individuals, it's also for their families. The community environment that helps not just those people, but the families involved. The biggest misconception is, is that if you fix that soldier, you fix that cop, and help them overcome what they're dealing with, it's going to make everything better. 
But at the same time, those families go through everything you go through. They're on that same emotional roller coaster. So being able to work together to understand each other opens those barriers and makes it easier to overcome and resolve those issues that you're dealing with. I'm going to open up the mic for anyone who has anything they'd like to add. Yes, I would. May I come? May I be heard? Good afternoon, everyone. Of course. Yes, well, hi, Mary Ann. Excuse me. You know, I am one who well I'm 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 Kim from Buffalo. I'm also in Buffalo. And I like to address the panel today as Hope Foundation and the team players on this board. The Golden Rules and Rick and Mary and all of those that come um on the panel. I'm grateful to be a whole year a part of listening to all the programs and the growth and being a witness to the growth of this platform. And I got chills real I got chills realizing that it's been a year. And I just want to quickly say that within that year I've grown. I I thought and and I real and I didn't realize until I heard it on the news today that we're, we're 21 years. It I said 20 years. This is deep, and you know now I had had I had my own feeling way of the whole situation as everyone does. But yesterday, I was reminded that this would take place today, and that we will come together to give off the energy to our responders. And, Mary, I was so touched to hear and to see again, well, more, because I've grown, that they came from all over. See, some of the details, people might know about it, even me, you know, being in that time when it happened. You know, a lot of the details is not recognized. Quickly, I'll say this. Yesterday, with that on my mind, my granddaughter calls me, and as she, her mother, and I are dialoguing, she says, um, I was telling her, I said, well, you know, tomorrow is 9-11, and she said, oh, yeah. My granddaughter, after clear blue sky, says, well, Mom, Grandma, what is 9-11? And Mary always starts off the testimony of 9-11 as not being taught in schools. I can testify to that. And then I felt some kind of way that my granddaughter was not aware of any thought of 9-11. So, Mary, I am one who will continue on the phone for the rest of the week and gather up the information and more information so that when it is mentioned or times when I can mention it, then I'll have more details of the inside scope of what's happening. I like to honor all of you. I was not there. I had family there, and now I'm on the phone with friends who have been there. So I honor you like to respect 
respond is to, like you said, you described as leaving your family, leaving your job, but that second in between that movement is so powerful because you move without even really thinking. All you heard was, we need help. And so I, I do honor you. I honor each and every last one of you. I really do. What will we have done? I mean, to witness live, watching you, the responders reacting, the tears and the wounds that this brings back up. But I still relive it on the sake of sending out the knowledge and reminding people, let's not forget what we need to remember about the whole event. Thank you for allowing me to speak. I pass the mic on to you, and I'm continually listening to this great and historical moment that took place before our very eyes. So I hand the mic back over to you, Mary. Thank you so much. You know, here's the sad part. 9-11 has fought in the majority of the world school system. But it's not, not in our country where it happens. It's really messed up that it's not taught where you guys are because you're all closest to it. No, it's in your back door. That's my whole point. We need to start talking about it again and sharing it with our children, our grandchildren. And understanding that this happened for a reason. You guys here from schools as well, we don't want to traumatize the kids. Oh, okay. There are ways to explain it. You teach Pearl Harbor. It's the same thing. If you were in peace, man, we got a pass. But it's become something that we like to think about. If we don't talk about it, we don't think about it, it didn't happen. Like the volume. else we don't really talk about anymore in the sense of what happened. Well, I love the fact, Mary, this is Ron Clayton cutting it in. I love the fact that out of what happened, the unity on the country, I saw a little blip of, you know, a few weeks later, they canceled baseball, they canceled sports. For the initial time on this uh, time when this happened, and then turned around and then when we decided that okay we've had our moments of um, remembrance and we said um, by the way I'm on a campaign to create this we aren't going to do in this broadcast we're not going to do moments of silence because that's dead space dead air we're going to do moments of prayer or meditation. And uh, people could choose what it is, but I will no longer say whenever I want to have some. When I want somebody respected, because of either that's out of a respect, and that's just a key word, respected. I'm going to say we're going to say a prayer or a meditation. We're no longer going to say on this show 
We're not welcoming people. Let's say, let's have a pause for a moment of silence. All that means is the enemy gets dead space in your brain. You can think about anything. You can think about being on the beach. You can think about watching, looking at your watch. I mean, all kinds of stuff. But when you say we're going to have a moment of prayer, you're intentionally choosing to communicate with God. So that I'm proud of. I'm proud that we can be part of a movement to restore recognition to our creator. And that's part of what 9-11 is, is a story, a part of the testimony, that during this time you have seen people come together. You know, we use those words so loosely, come together. Remember, the Beatles wanted you to come together. The idea is this. We come together, we unite our hearts back in a spiritual bond, which increases value, respect, empowerment, because we want people to be empowered. We don't want people to just be led by a, uh, a blood by a, a, a noose around, a, noose, a, a, a loop around their neck to drag them someplace that maybe they don't want to be. What we want people to do is be free. You know, Queen, you don't have to ask permission to open and be on the call. You have the, all the authority. The day you said that you were interested in being part of the Hope Collection, that's all the uh, that's all the authorization you ever need. And we welcome you. You are welcomed on the show all the time. And your contribution and your spirit is really reminiscent of the people that have led us out of some of the pain that we have to keep coming back to for remembrances purposes so that we can continue to motivate individuals. It's up to you and me, individuals, to remember so we can restore. And our goal, our objective is to restore, empower, and share and lift people up. And we can overcome the devastation and the destruction and the enemy and walk forward with our heads held high, our hearts united with our maker. And that's really what we're all about, and that's what the show is all about on a day-to-day basis. Whether we're talking about the Golden Rule Society with Len Kane and the idea of do unto others as you'd like to do you, Golden Rule. We we not we live by it. We don't promote it. We live by it. We we are examples of it. I have seen people that are on this call that join us on a regular basis that have done incredible um, acts of I'll call it acts of kindness, but acts of doing things. I remember the day we had a, we had a remembrance for Memorial Day, which of course is an observation recognizing those who have they most part volunteered to to serve and lose their little life and they did it with grace and beauty and today on May 11th we had a big celebration and uh, I want to share an instance where I saw a gal who had challenges but had made a commitment in spite of her challenges we had an obligation to feed a group of Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts that came 14 hours to Buffalo, New York from Minnesota to be able to say the Pledge of Allegiance on the stage at the memorial service for Memorial Day at the 
uh, Battle Within for dedicated to helping those who are having post-war traumatic syndrome. And these kids stood up there, and they were tired after driving all that long time. They did get the privilege of sleeping on the USS Little Rock, a Navy ship at the boat at the Naval Park. And uh, so they were honored to do that. But then they got on stage. And they did the Pledge of Allegiance in front of a big crowd, a thousand people, but they were able to share proudly what they believe in as being. And I thought it was great because what happened is they were the youngest people there, and what, the torch was passed to them. And they understood why. I know that Mary Stanley's daughter and son understood what they were doing. They're young kids, but they understood the importance of what they were doing. When they asked the whole crowd, it wasn't just them saying the Pledge of Allegiance. They asked the whole crowd to say the Pledge of Allegiance together. To honor that Pledge of Allegiance is to the flag, but it's not the flag. It's to God. It's to honor our maker and the country that we represent as being the children of God. And I'm so proud that morning that we were doing that and the kids got to go and get a tour of the ships and the boatyard and they were honored. But Kim, better known as Queen, made a, a delivery of food. When the kids got off the ships living overnight, there's no restaurants there. The naval ship. It's a, it's a park for naval um, you know, big big park with big ships in it and it's great. But the kids didn't have anything to eat. Well, Kim made the commitment, put together a hot a hot breakfast. She delivered hot uh, um, sandwiches, you know, eggs and cheese or bacon and uh, croissants, and they had uh, juice boxes, and they had, uh, they got a maroon memorial, a, a Navy uh, ring, a little plastic Navy ring commemorating the, the, the day that they were honoring, being honored and honoring. And uh, then a bunch of little tricks and treats and things. And she delivered those that food to those kids. So when they came off the ship, they could have breakfast. Oh, did I tell you, Kim doesn't own a car. So she didn't, she didn't have transportation, She but she made and delivered that food and shared it and passed it out. Those families were so grateful. It's called an act of kindness. It's about being a person who knows what it is to be a servant, a servant leader, and be in service for others. And, you know, that's the kind of what came out of 9-11 tragedy is that people learned in an instant, snap your fingers in an instant, people learned that we needed to be here for each other and give and care and demonstrate that. And that's what today's memory, remembrance is all about, is to remind us that we have, we've been called to a higher level. That's how our country got to be great. Do you know why did 700,000 people risk their lives to come to this country illegally this year? Seven, I'm sorry, 7 million risked their life to be here. Folks, it wasn't because we got McDonald's on the corner, honestly. It was here because they realized America still has the reputation of being the land of the free and the home of the brave. So I thank you all for being on this call today and carrying on 
what we're doing. And I know every day there's going to be surprises right through the whole week. And you're welcome to join in. Every day you might you'll hear something different, hear different people. And uh, so, Mary, I'm going to turn it back over to you. Hi. Hi. Is this Ariana? Ariana, <laughs> What did you do this morning? What did you do this morning? Ariana, stop. What did you do this morning? Yeah. Did you go to the 9-11 memorial? Yeah. Today I went to the 9-11 memorial. I I heard she was quite the trooper. I hear another person, a guest that's come on the call today. Um, he's a, uh, you talk about a warrior. You talk about someone who has a heart for giving and has taught and is still and is teaching new people because he works with immigrants that have come to this country and he helps them to get their citizenship and their recognition and get them acclimated into our country to be an American. And you know, that's a, that's a choice. That's someone who steps up to do the beyond. And I want to thank Robert Oakley because a lot of people our age, Bob, want to sit back and just have a mint julep and watch the Yankees or the Mets play out ball. You've chosen to actively be involved in the lives of others. And I thank you. And I thank you for your work with the Hope Collection. Well, thank you, Ronnie. I, uh, I appreciate it. And I, uh, but it's not about me. It's about it's about the good Lord, and it's and it's about what He wants us to do, and and doing the things that He expects us to do, and that's to serve other people and to love them, and to help them in any way we possibly can, and I I think that's what what it's all about. And I think the whole 9/11 um, it just brought out a spirit that this country has had for for many many years. Uh, but it increased that spirit of of of, um, of giving ourselves to others and to helping others. I just can't imagine being one of those police officers or one of those EMS people um, who 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 rushed into the building, even though it was it, it was it was probably imminent that it was going to collapse. But they rushed in there to help other people, and they rushed in there to. Um, to, to do whatever they could do to help them. And, and um, I, I just, um, you know, I was, I was listening to a, a program yesterday on 9-11 on Newsmax, and, and uh, it, it, it was just evident that it was the spirit of the, of the Lord that was uh, encouraging these people to go in there and help those people. It, even though you may lose your life, um, but give up your life for other people, like the good Lord did for us. His son gave his life for us. And, and um, so I just, uh, that's where I got, that's what I've learned out of the, 
out of the whole 9/11 experience is that we have to be we have to be prepared for any kind of of of, uh, situation that are going to happen in our country, and we have to be prepared for any situation that'll happen in our family. Um, And part of and part of that preparation is, is is it's getting together with other people. And, and um, yesterday we had a family meeting here um, at our house, Flores family, uh, my wife, and she, um, uh, she, <laughs> she was so excited. I, I, I just love her for all the passion and excitement she has about uh, helping out the family and helping other people because there were friends there too. And it was just, um, just a, a wonderful, wonderful thing that, um, and it reminded me of, of, of um, you know, even even more so. People gave up um, gave up their, uh, the possibility of 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 um, of, of being uh, of dying. You know, I mean, they just said. They, I know they probably thought about that, and they were probably afraid of that when they were running into the building to help those that are running out. But it but it was um, it was just a, such a um, um, a self-sacrificing situation, and and it was it was um, giving and giving and giving, um, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what it can can cost you, as even even up to cost your life. Um, but I I just think it was uh, it was wonderful what what they all did, and I think it was um, the outcome because people remember that. People that watched that on television because everything was broadcast on TV, and and uh, people see it over and over again uh, every year when there's a, a 9/11 uh, uh, program um, in memory of those that uh, that gave up their lives and those that uh, that uh, did this historical things that uh, normally heroic heroic things they did. So anyway, I'm I'm going to turn it back to you, Mary. I I just um, oh, given a, 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 a few a few thoughts that were on my mind, and uh, you know the the generation today uh, don't don't remember that because they they weren't around they weren't around at that time. Um, I lived um, fairly fairly close to New York City so I, I I firsthand I knew what was going on immediately and and it was um, it was a shock and it was um, just just to watch it and and to understand and, and we didn't understand the full thing that was happening because when they first started broadcasting it um, nobody 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 knew that the two buildings were going to crash down to the ground. These are hundred, more than hundred story buildings. I've been up in both of them, and I I know that um, it's it's a um, it's a terrible thing that happened, and it, and, it, and it impacted it. And, and like Mary said, there was a there was a reason for it all. I, I I think I think it was a wake up call for us. It was a wake up call for us Americans. So anyway, anyway, back to you, Mary. Well, 
Well, uh, this is Ron. I'd like to just step in. Mary still may be um, working with uh, her young kids are home today with her. They are most of the time because they homeschool. But uh, both her, uh, Ariana and David, two young, beautiful children that uh, we're so proud of. Um, This is Ron Clayton uh, from the Hope Collection speaking. I did want to make mention of something, Bob, that um, I hope she can hear me because I know she wears a headset to do the show. Um, this is Hometown Hero Monday. That's what, that's what we call the show on uh, the uh, Optimize Your Life uh, broadcast network. Um, we, um, She should be, and we recognize her, and ma- many may not know this, but Mary was in the service at the time when 9-11 hit. And she was immediately brought to the site. I'm not talking about being in New York, I'm not talking about being in New York City. I'm talking about she was on the property of 9-11 where the building did collapse. And her job was going down to the rescue. The thoughts were rescue, but this was after the, the buildings collapsed. And as you all know, there were there are a few miracles that occur, but mostly that was a tragedy that I don't know mentally to deal with that. And I know I saw it and watched. I was on Route 3 going to go into the Lincoln Tunnel because that day I was scheduled to have lunch at Tower 2. Well, I was sitting on the, on the bridge, and uh, radio, the first plate had already hit. The smoke was there, and I could see it because it day because that's where I was at. I had to go on go off that bridge. You go down into the Lincoln Tunnel, and you come out, dump you out in Midtown. And then I'd drive down the blocks to the towers. Well, I was still stuck on the bridge looking straight at the towers. And I saw 767. Now, you know, when the first lane went through, everybody, the first thought was like a problem. There's a little airport down the road um, in Peterborough, which is um, just across the river in New Jersey. And everybody thought it was a little, you know, bipolar, you know, a little Tussa or um, Beechcraft or something that went through there. Maybe someone had out attack and lost control of their plane and it ended up. No, as you know, it was commercial airlines. First one was 731. The second one was a 767. That's the second largest commercial airline in the air today. It's a huge plane. It's got six rows across. Get a picture of the size of it if you don't know what that is. Six rows across inside that plane. It's big. It's a big, wide body. It's long. It's got a they have, I think, 400 passenger. Not quite as big as a 747, but almost. And guys, that plane went into and got sucked into that plane, and the fuel just spread into the entire interior of the plane. That's by the way. That's why the the, the towers crashed. The the fuel caught on fire instantly, and it burned and it melted. It melted. White hot flame melted the steel and the, you know, everything that was the buildings were built with. Well, as we sat there watching this, because we couldn't, we were in Boulder, Boulder, the second, the first plane hit, they shut the top, they shut the tunnels down the bridges to get into New York. You, New York City was an island, and you couldn't get it in or off it. And the road was that they had that I was on at the moment was where they used to bring in all the emergency crab people and support and, and the military because 
the island went into lockdown, and Mary was part of the group that went in there. And um, what I'm saying is I, I eventually got off the bridge and got back to my hotel. I was right across the Meadowlands, and my room was in the higher top tower of the, the, the Hampton Inn. And to look out and hear the window, it was hot. I mean, it was real hot. And the smoke and the smell, you couldn't avoid it. And, you know, we were in the Hampton Inn. They had breakfast. They don't even have a restaurant. And the road I was on, there weren't any restaurants either. So, you know, times, and I was, but see, I was alive. I witnessed it. I experienced it. I had the experience with all the people who were there, but many, many people only know about it from watching on TV. And it's a whole different experience. So, Mary, my heart, my prayers go out to share with you that we care. The only thing we can do is sit down in prayer and give our heart, our spirit, and our love to you because you did what was a hard thing to do that made a difference and still making a difference today. So we honor you today as part of this group, and here you are working to put the programs together. My words are thank you. For a lot of us in the military, it was a little bit easier because that's what we were trained to do. But the people I give a lot of credit to are the firemen, the first responders, the law enforcement officers. After everything was said and done, the majority of them went back to the job. Firemen from there did what they did, and then they turned around and kept running into different learning buildings to save others. And the people I give the most respect to are the family legacy. The kids who saw and the kids who endured losing a loved one. But they decided their goal in life, their dream in life was to join the fire department, the law enforcement, join the military. Become a first responder. Those are the ones a lot of faith and a lot of sincerity and lacking the right words. The ultimate respect. When you run into those buildings, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, for me, the hardest thing for me to deal with, even to this day, is one, the smell of smoke. And the other thing is, is hearing that sound on firemen's uniforms, they have an alert system. So if something happens, and even watching movies, when you hear that go off, I walk out of the room. But 
But if you notice today, and I am blessed to have two of the most wonderful pain-in-the-butt children, we went this morning to our local fire department who held a special service for 9-11 to honor all those. And they know it's a tough time for me. They don't fully understand because I don't tell, haven't told them yet exactly what my job was because they're not quite there to grasp that concept, but they know that it's a hard day for mom, so now every time I turn around, they're right there all day. Making sure mom's okay. And having kids willing to under, understand that in a sense and empathize with that and showing that extra attention blows my mind every day how lucky and privileged after what I did and being deployed the way I was and dealing with what I dealt with to have that, be able to have that. It's me sad part is, through all of this, there's so many individuals out there who have served their country in one form or another that don't have anyone to go home to. And they suffer in silence. And that's where kindness is so important. You don't realize when you see that person at the gas station or the grocery store or on the corner as you pass them walking down the street, just smiling, nodding, or even just saying hi or holding that door open might make their day. With some, it might be the only interaction they get for the day with somebody that's actually in person. And so remember, every time you pass somebody, no matter who they are, you wave, nod your head, smile, and just say hi. You never know how that interaction will affect them, but also you open your inner circle. At the same time, it'll help you feel a little better. Well, that's where we need to unplug from our phones and not be running around with our headsets on, ignoring the world around us. And whatever we're doing and paying attention to our social media as we're walking down the street, put it in your pocket. It can wait till you get there. a big world out there and you're missing so much of it by being glued to a screen. Mary? Yes? As you're sharing these things, it just comes to mind. Um, When I was there, um, I actually was at the Battery Park on Monday morning 
traditionally, and I used to call a sales rep, and I used to go to New York a couple times a month, and um, I used to flew in, and um, at that time it was Tuesday, and uh, but this time I, I came in on Monday, so I went and I picked up a sweater, a, a Satchel Liberty sweater for my sister, and went back to the hotel and my customers I did that day, and then I was going back to New York on Tuesday. Well, anyways. Um, my memory of that happening and why it happened and how it happened in my case, one little decision different. I could have been right there under the tower when it happened. As it turns out, I was not. I was just in route. So I was blessed from that end of it in, my, in our life. But my friend, John, who was the... Um, he was a head engineer for the Long Island Railroad. He was coming down. That's a subway, by the way, in New York, Long Island. And he was coming from his home in Long Island to meet me. And uh, they had, because of what happened, they had shut the subways down immediately on the first plane. And um, so he never made it down to us. So both of us just look back and say how we were blessed because of what we did differently that day or what happened in our lives. But many people, of course, we know didn't. And uh, I was listening to a few minutes. I caught a little bit of, uh, they were, of course, reading off the names of all those who have died. I just found out this morning that more people that died on that day have died from different illnesses that concocted through being either around the building, working around the building, families and kids and children. And so the effects, and there have been real battles with our government for people, and we're not getting political, but I am going to make this statement that we have, that's why we have to remember, because we have to keep the empowerment of the people that were of our need to have our, our love and our support to help their lives better. One of the organizations that came out of this whole tragedy is Towers to Tunnels to Towers, and Frank Stills has done an incredible job of helping families of those that have are lost, and, and we're talking about first responders, police, military people that have been affiliated with the issue of these things that to happen, and they're they they are raising funds that give ninety percent of the money they collect goes and goes directly to buy houses or they build houses for our veterans, our first responders, and police. And, you know, i got to remember that the week, uh, a couple weeks after this happened, I had to get back to New York because I had customers and business. Getting on that plane was not easy, by the way. Um, and uh, New York is an international market, so there are people from all over the world. And flying into New York was not easy again. And I had real, I had real emotional issues with doing getting on a plane. Number one, number two, getting on a plane with a bunch of people from all over the world and uh, international um, different cultures that were there, and it was uh, tough. It was not just a simple thing to do, but I had to get on with life. Well, you know, we were talking about seeing how people gather together to try and make things get better and go better. I, uh, I, the uh, fire department, the fire department was selling, I have this tie I wear it all the time. If you know me, you see me and you're around me at all. I have this tie 
and it's a navy blue with crosses all up and down, the whole, um, you know, miniature crosses. And, uh, and the cross is actually a picture of a flag. And, of course, they've got the outline. It's a, it's a cross, but the cross is a flag, red, white, and blue flag. And uh, they're multiple all over the tie, and people always ask me about it. On the back is an inscription that this tie was bought and pays for and dedicated to the firemen that lost their lives on 9-11 and their families that have lived with the results. And that, that, that organization is still selling those ties. And I encourage people, you know, it's a great tribute to be able like, to continue to carry it and we have people ask me about it all the time. So I can share the testimony of what happened. And I have a firsthand knowledge of it, and I'm blessed because I was there in the sense that I can tell about people and tell the story now, what we're doing today. And I'd like everybody to find a way that what they can do to touch lives that have been touched, that's our job. Joel used to call, Joel Griffin was the founder of the Hope Collection, my best friend for over 40 years, my spiritual mentor and leader and business partner. And uh, the example that he lived in his life totally was always about serving, being a servant leader. There was a good book that was written a while back. Uh, talking, well, there's a good book, right, number one. Number two, there's a good book about being a servant leader. And, you know, if more people would learn from those lessons, how much better can we make this world today? How can we become a solution? Let's be a solution Someone asked me one time, well, Ron, what do you do? You know, I've got a few miles on my chassis here, and I'm getting replacing parts more often than I'd like. But you know what? What I do is I empower people, families. I, I, everything in my gifts that God has provided me with experiences and knowledge and relations Every chance I can, my goal is in whatever circumstance I'm in, is to try and make it better for somebody. That's what I live for. It's my mission. And I don't, I'm not a missionary. I'm not a pastor. But, you know, I, God is still using me in spite of all my issues I'm dealing with, broken knees and legs and the ankles and stroke and all that stuff. In spite of all that. I'm still going to take this through. I'm, uh, when I get done on this call today, we're in the process of helping revitalize a whole section of the city of Buffalo that has been it's worn out. But we're going to revitalize it. And what it is, it's a farmer's market that serves the community locally. And we're going to, we got a, we got a program, one of the Hope Collection, one of the uh, agencies and companies that we work with is called Jobonomics, Chuck Fulmer, and we actually are going to remodel and re bring up to speed an area that's really gone to the dogs, and we're going to help revitalize it, and that's part of my work today. I retired, I don't know, 2010, I guess, is when the last time I worked a full-time job because I did have an accident, you know, so it's didn't allow me to work again, but I continue helping in the Hope Collection, and I was the president back then, and so 
I tell this because each one of us has a story that we can amplify, not because of me. Please understand what I'm sharing is that and the mission that I live on is a mission the Holy Spirit put on my heart. I ask you, if you don't know for sure that you have that kind of mission in your life, I ask you to ask the Lord for it. That's my prayer. I'm Mary, I'm, I want to turn this back to you because it's not about me. I don't mean this to be that. So if I, I went off on that tangent, I did it for the sake of the organization and everybody here. Well, you know, Ron, hey, it is kind of about you because you were there same as I was. You experienced it the same as I did. The difference is, is I got the option to be able to do something about it when you were just stuck watching it being helpless. So in many ways, it's more about you than me. Because having that helpless feeling of not being able to do anything is worse than being able to do something about it. Well, because we've gotten united, Mary, and, you know, let's face it, we never would have known each other. We, we had the privilege of being introduced to another person, and uh, we decided that there were things that we could put our hearts and our spirit and our passions together. And he was, he was 14 miles away. So, um, hey, Kurt, can you mute your phone? It's not Kurt, it's Diane. It's the six, oh, Diane, seven. I'm sorry. We love you to be here, but your noise in the background is a little debilitating. I'm sorry. We care, and we know you've gone through another. You just you're lucky that you didn't have a tree fall down on you recently, and on the house, and uh, <laughs> that's a that's an individual personal tragedy. We're sorry that that happened for you, and we pray that you're making progress and things are coming together so that you can restore your life and go back to um, serving like you do all the time, anyways. And we thank you for your your presence. Your presence is a present. Join us this this evening at it's eight o'clock, isn't it, Ron? I have a hard time with yeah. Gavin. Yeah. At eight o'clock with Gavin. John and rising to the majors, another special edition for 9-11. And he just got his certification, certifications, I can't even talk, in coaching and goal setting. We're going to talk a little bit about that and about where the future leads him and also honoring those. the selfless act to continue on in helping others. All about helping others. Before we end, anyone else have any last minute things? Tune in tomorrow. It is Travel Tuesday. But we might end up with a special guest tomorrow. Otherwise, we're going to talk about how the travel industry was affected 
and how it has made changes for good and the bad, depending on if you like to travel and how you like to strip down at the airport. And so many other things that have changed due to 9-11. I still got to say, traveling in the military is so much easier than traveling as a civilian because we don't have to take our shoes off. Well, Mary, thank you. And everybody that's on the show and uh, Queen that you shared from your heart today, we thank you so much because, you know, it's easy just to listen. And uh, that's, we never, we, we want people to feel free that they can come on the show and speak their hearts. And we do welcome that. So have a great day today and great week. And uh, I know everybody here has already taken moments to not have a moment of silence. I know everybody's taken a moment to say a prayer or meditation about the importance of what we're experiencing today. Thank you so much, people. Thank you, basic people, friends. Your friends. I don't want to sound like a politician. I am not a politician. <laughs> so, thank you. Ron, you're too honest. God bless to you. I'm sorry? You're too honest to be a politician. Well, it would it would disappoint you to know that I had been a commissioner for the city of Buffalo. So I had the experience, but that was not elected. I was appointed. So thank you, everybody. Bye now. Thank you, Ronnie. Thank you, Mary. God bless you all. Bless your family. Thank you. See you back here at 8 Eastern. Bye for now. Yeah, we're going to be with Gavin tonight at 8, right?